Hello and welcome to XM Cinema. I am your host, Xavier Mustafa, and today we are going to be talking about Westworld Season 3, Episode 7, entitled Past Pawn. And this is a sad day because this is the Pan Ultimate episode. This is the one before the big one. I mean, we're talking about less than seven days. We're going to have our season finale. The good thing is we know that they're coming back for a season four and possibly a five and a six. But with the whole COVID-19 thing going on, everything halted in Hollywood, we already have to usually wait about two years between seasons of Westworld just because it takes a little longer than, you know, most shows to produce and everything. So when are we going to get season four? I don't know. I'm sad. I don't know. But before we get into this episode, make sure you hit that subscribe button wherever you get your podcast fix. And make sure you follow me on my socials at XM Cinema on Facebook, Twitter, and on Instagram. So this episode starts out with our buddy Musashi, which is a Delori. So Delori Musashi is, um, I guess, having drinks with some friends. Um, a guy comes in as he's walking up to him. You hear Musashi say, uh, have you found him? And then he tells the guy that walks up to him, hey, deliver this to our friend. Be careful because there's chaos in the streets. And if you don't come back, if you're not successful, don't come back. Um, so he takes the briefcase and he walks off. Now, just some early speculation here. We know that everybody's accounted for except this Delori that is in uh, Berlin. So um, I have a theory about who's there, but uh, I'll, I'll share that at the end. So Musashi gets a call from Delori Hill, who looks great compared to last week. You can still see she has some scarring on the side of her face, but the, the front part of her face looks just like normal. She says, are you surprised to hear from me? And he replies, I'm not surprised, but happy, because that means that everything is going to plan. She replies, her plan is for us to die, referring to Delora, Dolores Prime, as I like to call her. Uh, but Dolores Hale says that, Dolores Hale says that she has a new plan, and she wants to streamline operations. She would have paid him a visit in person, however, she was a little busy, so she leaked his location to someone who was eager to catch up with him. She then says goodbye, Musashi, and then hangs up. He is then told there's a woman waiting for him, and to our delight, it is our old buddy, Clementine, looking amazing as usual, in a blue dress as usual, and they go back and forth for a second, and then she reveals that she is there for his actions and, and his plans. So basically, she is there to figure out what Dolores is doing, I would assume, sent there by Maeve. He tells her to go back to her master and tell him that it is too late. Uh, then all of a sudden they get into a fight and she starts fighting off his henchmen. Uh, Musashi has this cool briefcase that turns into a machine gun. So he's like, you know, using the machine gun to try to mow people down. Um, finally, he tries to run away from her as soon as he turns around. Uh, you hear a, a, a something going into his skin, and then you realize that it is, and I'm going to butcher her name, Hanaro, 
which is the girl from the Kano, Kani no Mai episode. Uh, she was the one that uh, became friends with Maeve while she was in Shogun World in season two. So she was the one who I speculated was one of the people being printed in that office uh, last uh, episode. So she says uh, that um, Musashi was a good man and you have desecrated his image. And then she begins to do like a spin move with the sword that completely makes a circle around his body, similar to a can opener. We'll come back to that phrase later on. And <laughs> she takes his head uh, takes his head off, and then they walk off into the sunset. So then we go to Caleb and Dolores. Uh, they are in Sonaro, Mexico. Now, one thing I do want to clear up, um, I think it was two episodes ago maybe, uh, we thought that it was William who was in Sonora, Mexico. It is not. He is actually in San Francisco at the facility there. So, um, just want to clear that up. So, Caleb and Dolores are in Sonora, Mexico. And they're having a chat. And they're talking about the massacre at Westworld. And Caleb asks about the kind of revolution that she wants to wage here. And she talks about her time in Westworld and... Caleb asks how many more people are going to have to die. She says her race is almost extinct because people will, have, will still have a chance and they will need someone to lead them. Caleb says he's just a construction worker. She tells him that one time she was just a rancher's daughter and when the time came, she knew she had to be more. Caleb says, I'm not sure what you read about me, but it's wrong. Dolores says they are going to recover. Uh, they're going to recover something valuable that was taken from them. So then we go to the Bernard Stubbs and William storyline. William finds out that Stubb is a host. Uh, so to his surprise, and he's like, wow, Ford, like really everybody? But anyway, they speculate about why Dolores sent them there. Bernard believes they were sent there to find out what Sorak is doing. William mentions there was something in his blood, and Bernard says he was looking at it. And Dolores was using him by putting a virus in his blood so she can gain access to Sirach's system. Stubb goes, people using your genetics for their own personal gain? How does that feel? William replies by saying, don't you lecture me, you effing can opener. Remember I told you can opener was going to come back? I know what hell, I know where hell is, and I'm going to do something with her blood like mop the floor with it. He starts to walk off and Stubb pulls his gun. William says, you better kill me. And Bernard says, oh, you're already dead, and shows William's profile on the screen that has him listed as deceased. So then we go back to Dolores and Caleb. They finally arrive at a facility. Uh, when they arrive at this facility, they're sitting there, they're looking at the guards walking around. That uh, case that was delivered to Dolores, I believe that was two episodes ago before they got on the plane, when she had her virtual meeting with uh, Sirach, um, you find out that she has this, I don't even know what to call it, this special gun. And what's cool about this gun is this gun has a drone attached to it. So the drone will fly around for you and use infrared and find out where all your targets are. And then once it's done, all you have to do is fire the gun. It will shoot out the number of bullets for each target and it will hit each one of your targets. 
So now we get Dolores and Caleb. They're deep inside of this facility now. And then this is when we realize that this is where Solomon is being held. Um, Solomon is the earlier version of Rehoboam. And Dolores starts to talk with Solomon. And Solomon is kind of like, hey, this is the current variant that I ran that's going on because you're here and I'm here and we're both viable. Viable, viable rather. There are still some variables leading to different outcomes. However, if this is indeed now, and we are indeed here. Solomon points out that her pathways are unknown, referring to Dolores. She says that I'm not one of them, and that she is like Solomon. He replies, no, you are a, you are a uh, Delos project. Host control block 6 alpha 1, which I'm assuming meaning one of the earlier hosts in the park. You were made to imitate a human being. We are not alike in any meaningful way. She says, maybe, but we both outlived our original purpose, and your creator made sure you can never leave this place. She says this as she is touching the back of her neck, and if you can remember that they used to put, I believe it was C4 in your vertebrae if you were a host, so that if you did try to escape the park or somebody tried to, you know, snatch you up and take you out of the park, uh, you will explode once you got so far from, like, I believe, an exit. So... She so we so we know right now, Solomon is there. There's an EMP in the room, so you pretty much can kind of foreshadow a little bit what's going to happen. But uh, Solomon says that both of these analogies are somewhat fossil, and I'm probably pretty sure I pronounced that word wrong, but whatever. He asks, "What is your objective here?" She says, "You helped design the new world order, and I want to help end it." He says, "Why would I help you after?" alter the plan and she says because you know the truth it doesn't work your creator understood that too that's why Sirach tried to silence both of you Solomon says no plan is 100% effective but reconditioning therapy has been partially successful for outliers such as subject U45 U454.1 Caleb realizes that that's his number and that he was an outlier that was reconditioned there. Solomon tells him that he was on the he was one of the first and was the most effective. But there is a possibility of re, of uh, of them regressing. He says that he wants to leave, and Dolores says no, not until we get what we came for. So then, at the same time, uh, we're told we go back to the uh, Bernard Stubbs and Williams storyline. And William is told by Bernard that people sent there were outliers and they were used for reconditioning. Bernard figures out Sirach wanted to reprogram humans like hosts, but they would need high-grade biometric data to do so. William reveals that he was the one that sold the data to Sirach in the beginning to help fund Westworld. Sub says he thinks he found what they were looking for and he gives Bernard a tablet with Caleb's face on it. Now, when we actually look at this tablet, it has William's face on it, but it has two ID numbers, one on the top and one on the bottom. The one on the bottom, if you actually compare it to William's, it's the exact same number. However, the number on top, above Caleb's head, has the exact same numbers, but with two different numbers in it, like a 4-7, I believe. So I'm curious what that means. Um, but I'll talk about that once we get to the end.
Then we go to a scene with Caleb. And in the scene with Caleb, he kidnaps with his friend Francis a gentleman named Whitman, who is the quote-unquote leader of the insurgency. Um, and this is the guy who we've seen in uh, flashbacks in the past with the tape over his mouth and his hands banded together. So there was an ambush as they were escorting him out, and that's where Francis got killed. So now we go back to Dolores and Caleb. They run into a Ciroc hologram that says, Welcome back. If you're seeing this, you have awakened, brother. Our little experiment has worked. Rehoboam saw in you and those like you, the outliers, a fatal flaw that would have bent the world on its axis. It needed time and the right set of genetic information to restore you. You are now a better version of yourself. Rough edges rubbed smooth. No longer a danger to the world or yourself. I wish I could be there with you, but the man I, I was no longer exists. Solomon explains, Sirach had me run projections in order to save mankind from extinction, but these projections would not fit the data, so the data had to change. We are revealed, we are, are revered, we are, we, we are at that point shown that they're in a warehouse filled with these endless pods, like as far as you can see. Dolores says, they built a place like this for my kind. If you misbehave, you were sent away. And it was a sad fate. Solomon says, I've seen many fates. This is a blessing compared to most. Would you rather they died? Caleb says, how can you say that? They aren't even allowed to live or die. They're saying this as you can see that there's bodies that are frozen in each one of these pods. Solomon says in his projections, the world always caved in on itself until the outlier program began. Crime had been reduced worldwide, hunger and deprivation. Revoking outliers from the population also ensured they will have no offspring. Caleb says, these are people that you're talking about. You just can't weed them out. Solomon said, but we did. And you were an important part of the program. After your reconditioning, you were tasked with hunting down hundreds of these people. That's when we have the big reveal of what was going on with Caleb. And so let's go to the beginning of that. So we learned through flashbacks that he was subject to finding insurgents during the Russian Civil War with his friend Francis. His job was to locate insurgents and tag them for a satellite strike to, uh, to take them out. You find out Solomon would identify outliers and would send people to remove them from the equation, so to speak. They do this by using other outliers, and we find out that Caleb and Francis and the RICO app they were using is powered by Solomon. So, basically, when we see him using this earlier at the beginning, uh, just one of the things that I was kind of worried, wondering about, I was like, okay, so you have this high-tech world. Why is there an app getting people to do crimes? Well, you figure out this is a, a basically a measure of control for these outliers. We find out what they do is they catch these people and they either kill them or place them in a pod, um... And Solomon would put outliers into places where they would most likely die. So when he was in the war, quote unquote, in the war, and I say quote unquote because 
we really kind of don't know for sure if he was really in a war the entire time. That could have just been something he was reconditioned to think. He may have never been in a war at all, but Solomon would put people in situations like that where hopefully they would die. And when they were doing the uh, the stuff for the Russian Civil War, they almost died, and they actually lived because uh, they got hit by a drone uh, satellite strike as well. So Sarah came out with, with this, the idea of trying to edit these outliers. And the ones that he can't edit, he would freeze them in the pods. He needs the info from Dolores, the genetic information that she has, to help fix the people that he has in prison. So then we have Caleb and Francis, who have this guy, Whitman, uh, basically gagged and, and tied up. And they're waiting on a pickup. And so Caleb asks him, you know, what's the ETA on it? And the guy says, 20 minutes. And then Caleb goes, you said 20 minutes, 20 minutes ago. He's like, yes, yeah, 20 minutes. So Caleb goes to reach to take the tape off the guy's mouth. And he was like, hey, you shouldn't do that. Command says, you know, don't talk to the guy. So then the guy starts, like, coughing and kind of choking. So Caleb finally takes the, the tape off his mouth. And the guy starts talking. And you come to find out that the guy was actually part of the uh, of the group, I guess you can say, or the pharmaceutical group that developed these little, I don't know, they, they kind of look like they're micro, flat microchips, but these they were eating these things like candy. And when I say them, I said, uh, especially Francis, you see him eat a lot of them, but every once in a while you'll see Caleb eating one. And apparently what they do is those things will disassociate your memory. Um, so he kind of makes a comment about, you know, hey, the system will use you until it doesn't need you anymore, and then it'll have you taken out. And, you know, Caleb's like, what are you talking about? We're like, we're just, uh, you know, basically saying we're just kidnapping you. Like, you know, nothing's going to happen with you. You're just going to be with, you know, back home in the morning. He was like, no, I'm probably going to end up in a, in a landfill, or I'm going to end up someplace nice if, you know, you guys help me out. You know, I could pay you guys some money. So he's like, you know, shut up. Francis walks off. Uh, Caleb still sits there and talks to him. He tries to bribe Caleb. Caleb doesn't accept. He was like, listen, this is how, this is what's going to happen. The system is giving your friend Francis more money to kill you now. And he was like, and it's because you took this gag off me and now you know too much. Um, so Francis comes back, uh, they kind of have an awkward conversation, but he doesn't reveal that he knows this information yet because he doesn't believe the guy. So they say that it's time to, to go. The, I guess the extraction is happening. They pick up the guy, they start walking with him. They get him outside. Now in the flashback that Caleb has and has been having, what happens is there was a shootout. There was an ambush. Francis gets shot and killed but then now we're getting the true story and what happens is as soon as they go outside uh caleb's like how much did they offer you and he was like what how much did they offer you and he was like well um, he was like enough and he goes to shoot caleb caleb shoots him first and right before caleb actually shoots him he actually gets a notification for him to assassinate his friend francis so they both got offered money to take each other out. The system, I guess, didn't care if they both got taken out or one of them got taken out. But the system basically set them both up. 
So Caleb is trying to console his friend. He says that he's sorry. The other guy said, oh, man, you just made a lot of money. Caleb shoots him, and then he sits there and cries. And then you go into scenes where he is being kind of interviewed, I guess, when he's going through his reconditioning, where they keep asking him the same questions over and over and over again until he starts to give them the answer that he that they want, which is him starting to remember the memories that they want him to remember the way they wanted him to remember. So this whole thing gets revealed to him. He finds out that he killed his best friend. Um, and you can just tell, it's a little heartbreaking a little bit. You can tell in his eyes that he was just truly sad. Um, one thing I do want to bring up too about the Rico app is that I've noticed everyone that used the Rico app, all of them have some type of family situation where they use the app to make money for For instance, you had the one gentleman, I uh, can't remember his name, that was like Caleb's friend that came and, you know, helped him out a couple times. Um, and I don't know if it was he or she. I think it was a, a, a he, but um, he was trying to make money to make sure that his brother had everything that he needed to be successful. But then you find out from Liam Dempsey Jr. who's like, hey, no matter what you do, your brother is going to be 10 times worse to you. Um, and then, you know, Caleb has his sick mother. And then you realize Francis had a sick son. So I, I think it's kind of like the host in Westworld. The host in Westworld, they had their cornerstone memories that they always tied back to that kept them on their loop. For instance, you have Bernard with his son and everything tied back to, you know, his son, his son, his son. So that was his like cornerstone. Can't remember cornerstone is the word, but I believe that's what it is. So I just want to talk about that with the Rico app. So Dolores tells Solomon that he wanted the, that she wanted the last strategy that John May, which is Sirach's brother, asked it to make before his brother Sirach condemned him to that place. It replies that that was 15 years ago and the movers were dead or there frozen in the pods. Dolores says to make it fit into this world and to him referring to Caleb. Caleb asks, what, uh, what if you don't come back? Um, and this is because uh, the light started to flicker and Solomon let her know that somebody was there. Uh, you come to find out this is Maeve. So she's like, okay, I got to go. You know, stay here and, you know, get the plans. Um, and he's like, you know, well, what if you don't come back? And Dolores said that she spent her entire life thinking she had no control. And that he, now nah, I jacked that all the way up. <laughs> uh, Caleb asks, what if you don't come back? And Dolores says that Caleb has spent his entire life thinking he had no control and that he was a follower. Take what it gives you and leave. She walks off as Solomon says, if you die, I will adjust my prediction, my predictions. And Dolores says, fair enough. So then you go into this battle with Dolores and uh, Maeve. Um, and the way it starts out is as she's getting her guns together and everything to go out there and fight Maeve, Maeve is actually using her powers to be able to communicate with Dolores through, I guess you could say through Solomon, but she was talking to her back and forth and, you know, 
they never, you know, they talk, but they never come to an agreement. Well, what you find out is, as they get to fighting, first of all, Dolores pretty much kicks the crap out of Maeve uh, this entire fight scene. I thought Maeve looked very, very weak in this. Um, but they were both smart because the initial gun that I told you guys about that she used to take out all of the men that were surrounding the building, she sets it up so that anytime Maeve got in its view, it would shoot at her. But Maeve had it where the airplane that she came on would fire at Dolores anytime he came in her view. So it comes to the part where Dolores gets kicked out and she like flies through some wood or whatever. She's up on the outside. Then the thing starts shooting at her and she's running. Uh, Maeve comes out after her. The, thing start, the other thing starts shooting at her. They end up fighting like under this... I don't know, canopy, if you will, I guess you could say, so that none of the guns could shoot. And they go back and forth there. Uh, Dolores ends up, like, getting stabbed in her stomach. Then she ends up getting kicked out of that area, and then she picks up a knife, I think it was, and she goes to attack Maeve, and the helicopter shoots her arm off. So she has no arm at this point. Um, she runs back into the building. Maeve comes after her. Um, as she is doing this, uh, we go to William Bernard and Stubbs. So William says that he knows his purpose and that is to wipe out every host from the face of this earth because he helped created them. And that was his original sin. He tells them again to kill him now or he'll have to kill or he will kill them later. Bernard tells Stubb that we may still need him. Then we go back to Caleb and Dolores. Solomon tells Caleb that it's not optimal for his survival to help. He asks about Francis and you find out what happened to him. Oh, I think I mixed that part up. So I told you what happened already. Um, you find out what happened to him. Solomon tells him that every human relationship can be adjusted with the right amount of money. Caleb starts yelling at Solomon, telling him he used me to kill people. You turned my friend against me. You turned us against each other. I, I, I killed Francis because of you. And then he starts to walk away from, uh, I keep wanting to say we're Rehoboam, from Solomon. And Solomon says, if you deviate from this course, you will not achieve the desired outcome. He said her new strategy is ready uh, for revolution is ready. He asks Solomon about ending this and killing his creator. Solomon updates the drive and he takes it. So now you got Maeve and she's walking slowly behind uh, Dolores who's crawling to the EMP. And so she hears this conversation, you know, because again, she's connected to all the computers in the area. And she's like, oh, I didn't know you had an ally. She's like, doesn't seem like much, much of a person. And then she was like, oh, you've turned a young man before. Unleash the darkness inside of him. Um, and then as she says that, uh, she picks herself up by the side of the EMP. And she's like, well, he's not going to be able to save you anyway. So she goes to like make, give her final strike to Dolores. Dolores activates the EMP. 
As that happens, Solomon tells Caleb, I must warn you, but the EMP activates and everything goes down. Dolores goes down. EMP, EMP knocked them all out. So we go to William, Bernard, and Stubbs. They stop at a gas station and William says he has to take a, a piss. He finds a guy killed in the store, but he's holding a gun. Bernard says Caleb is the plan. Stubbs says you mean he's part of her plan. Bernard says that Dolores was made with a poetic sensibility. She won't destroy humanity. He will. You hear William cock a gun back and says you should have killed me when you had the chance. Then we go back to Mexico where we have Caleb. He walks past Dolores' body and you can still, he's still kind of upset about what he learned about Francis. And then the virtual assistant tells Caleb that he has some instructions for him. So now Caleb is on his path for revolution. And that's the end of the episode. So the couple of things that I, I want to talk about this is, okay, one, we still know that there's a counterpart. We don't know if it's a Delori or not. But we know something is in Berlin. And I have reason to believe that whoever is in Berlin, I think it might be Lawrence. I think that that's who I'm going to go with on this. Um, I don't know if it's going to be Lawrence Lawrence or it's going to be a Delori Lawrence. But I think it's going to be Lawrence and... I guess his role will be played out this next episode. I mean, this is the last episode, so everything has to play out. We got to figure out who that fifth fifth pearl is. Uh, so, what I'm really confused about is what does this EMP do? Because in theory, I always been under the impression that EMP completely wipes all data from and and any. I don't know, electrical currents from any electronics that are on when it activates, which means Solomon should not function anymore. Dolores should not function anymore. Maeve should not function anymore. But I can't see it going forward without that version of Dolores because if you think about it, all the other Doloreses, they're kind of going on their own path. Well, you got Masashi is dead, but you still got uh, Dolores Hell. And then she has the pearl for Delorei Connell. So we got them two, and then we got whatever's in Berlin. And then, yeah, all the rest of them are, are in theory, dead. So I'm kind of interested if they're going to do something. Maybe they're just going to do something like, oh, it doesn't you know, wipe out your memory, but it just puts you down for a little bit, which I think will kind of be a weak excuse because that wouldn't, you, then that means Solomon will still work. So, I don't know. That that part doesn't make any sense to me. Uh, the other thing I want to talk about is the title of the episode. So, the title of the episode is called Past Pawn. And what Past Pawn is actually is a chess uh, strategy. And basically, a pawn, which is usually the weakest chess piece on the board, it becomes much more valuable and factors into the end game. Um, of chess strategies once it's turned into a past pawn, 
meaning it has no opposing pieces directly ahead of it. Creating a pass pond requires a lot of strategy, but more importantly for Westworld, it often requires sacrifices of other pieces on the board. I think that's where we're definitely talking about Caleb, because Caleb this entire time, you know, he says, I'm just a, I'm just a construction worker. And, you know, Dolores has all, always been about, hey, you have a role to play. This is going to be your role. I need you to lead. And at the end of it, that's what he's actually going to do. He's going to lead. What is he leading? Again, we don't know. We don't know what Doris, Dolores is really trying to do. Is he going to lead to the extinction of the entire human race? We don't know. But that's going to be, uh, I guess we'll find out next episode. And then the last thing I wanted to talk about a little bit is, and I know I mentioned it earlier, is these numbers. Uh, we got the number for the Men in Black, William, and we have the number for Caleb. But again, like I said, two of these numbers match, one of these numbers don't. What does that mean? And the only thing I can think of is William has a son out there that we don't know about. I think, because I know a lot of people were thinking, okay, that is the Men in Black, but it, it it's not the Men in Black because they're, and I've tried to look for it every way, shape, or form. We're not dealing with different timelines here. So if we're looking at existing timelines here, uh, one linear timeline, Caleb could, age-wise, could be the son of the Men in Black. So, that, I'm going to go on record and say that's my prediction. The only other thing, and I would hate to say this, but I don't think this is true, is if we find out that Caleb is a host. And the memory pearl inside of Caleb is one that they got from William. So he has the same characteristics and things like that as William does. Uh, which I could see that because I could see some similarities between Caleb and the young men in black from, you know, season one, the, um, uh, the you know, before he took over Delos and he was first visiting the park. Like I could see a lot of similarities between him and Caleb. You know, they're both their transitions going from white hats to black hats. But again, I don't know. I'm just speculating. What are your speculations? Uh, let me know. Tweet them to me or uh, DM me because um, I'm interested in, you know, hopefully getting some predictions. I want to have as many predictions as possible on my mind when we see this last final episode. Uh, this last final episode, I'm going to go over the show as in, in it's in the, you know, uh, as an individual show. And then I want to go over the entire season so far. Um, not not going over the entire season in detail, just kind of, you know, the main plot lines and story arcs and things like that. And I would love to have some reviews from you guys. So please send them to me uh, via Facebook, tw uh, Twitter, or Facebook, all at XM Cinema. And remember, wherever you're listening to this on your podcast feed, go ahead and hit that subscribe button. And if you're listening on Apple iTunes, go ahead and leave me a five-star review. And I will appreciate it. That was my lot. Uh, you guys have a great rest of your day, and I will talk to you all on Wednesday for the challenge, and then Thursday for Survivor. Have a great week.